All right, everyone, I want you to stand up right now. Take out your phones. Take a selfie with your neighbor. It's time to get social. Welcome to the 5th of May's 28 recap episode of the UR Team Number Podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as ever is the Canadian who doesn't have 6 foot 1 legs, Logan Saunders. Morning. And making his return this week is the Australian who proves that we have no favourites, Ben Powell. Howdy. And despite their best efforts, this was another not very good leg. You're being way too kind, Michael. Okay, I understand the whole thing with Amazing Races. It's just um, Americans gawking at scenery porn, but... Structurally, this leg was terrible. Like, there was no, there's barely any chance for any team to pass any other team apart from A, choosing different detours, or B, tripping over at the, at the second roadblock. That was the only way you could, like, pass someone. And even worse, we didn't even get all the departure times, which I joked about last week. Well, we didn't need it if they were all there at, at the pit stop at the same time last leg. We knew they are all within eight minutes of each other. Yeah, but still, they should show us everyone departing, and they actually didn't show us everyone leaving the detour either. Okay, while you worry about that, we'll talk about the real problems about this leg. So previously, nine teams raced to Geneva, Switzerland, where love was in the air. At the detour, teams bumped or pounded to get their next clue. The roadblock teams paired up, leaving Brittany and Jessica in the cold, and leading to an eight-way race for first and an elimination for the models. And teams are staying in Chamonix. Yay. And they get given cold weather gear. They didn't even have to pack it themselves. Typical social media stars getting everything done for them. (laughs) Oh, Michael. (laughs) Someone's got to make the joke. They even get MC Hammer pants, which I guess is the only real highlight from this segment. So once teams depart, they have to search for one of eight cars with particular number plates through the town of Chamonix and then get driven to Le Grand Monte Gondola Station to find their next clue. Because this is a season after season 26, teams cannot be trusted to drive themselves anywhere. I thought it was going to be self-drive. I thought, wow, they get actual cars. They get to drive themselves up to the up to the you know up to the gondola. Nope, they get appointed drivers in a very safe country. <laughs> it's France. To be fair, it's like it was winter there, right? Yeah, it would have been like end of November in the Alps. And doesn't that mean the, the roads are completely iced over? No, actually, because countries like France and Canada, who both get a lot of snow, are very good at dealing with snow. I said ice. Yeah, snow and ice and everything like that. As fun as it would be, I don't think CBS want to see Tyler and, Tyler and Corey or Kurt and Brody go flying off a cliff. Bro! Just a couple of bros in a ditch. <laughs> <laughs> And once teams get to the gondola station, it's the first active route info of the season. And teams must ascend nearly 11,000 feet in a gondola in the shadow of Mont Blanc. And one person from each team must grab their clue at the end of Highwire with the help of a guide. 
They didn't even explain the part about needing to have a baguette at the beginning. It was just sort of mentioned in passing about two minutes into the task. Yeah, yeah. I, I just had a note that said, it seems get given bread. This is the second time, I think, that they've had to have a baguette on them during the France leg. As if, as if uh, doing the stereotype once wasn't enough. At least there wasn't a clearing a baguette this time. To be fair, Chamonix probably has like a town of 50 people and it's not really near any cities, I don't think. So it's not exactly there's a, there's a wealth of different multicultural food available there. So when you've done like 50 people there and one of them makes baguettes, you eat baguettes. Yeah, it depend, it's more that the producers are using the stereotype repeatedly. Is this not The Amazing Race? True, Amazing Race producers basically just use Lonely Planet guides now and flip through the pages. But Speaking of doing things repeatedly... Uh, this is the third season in a row that we've had to do a full leg in France. And I'm assuming that's because France is a fairly safe country. Where, which, one, which one was the full leg in um, 26? Well, I guess not a full leg in 26, but like uh-huh. half of it was in France during the Mon- Monaco and France split. I got you, Logan. Hang your head in shame. Yeah, Logan. Uh, I'll just sit in my corner for the next uh, ten minutes. You call yourself a Tarstorian. You should be ashamed. What, for calling himself a Tarstorian? No, for claiming incorrectly that uh, there's a full France leg in 26. Oh, oh. Hi, Logan. And Sherry and Cole are the only team who forget to pick up a guide. And apparently Vine Magic doesn't help to quell Zack's fear of heights. I was really hoping for a, for a cliffhanger reenactment when they had to get the clue on the wire there. But no Sylvester Stallone and no casual drop uh, 10,000 people low... Uh, uh, to uh, reinforce that, probably couldn't have. They probably couldn't afford Sylvester Stallone. Probably should have like tried to get Jackie Stallone. <laughs> Amazing Race Canada could afford uh, Alex Trebek for the first six teams at least before Trebek just proved how old he was. Yes, but that's because that's because they had so many legs in Sudbury. And Cole inadvertently scares the hell out of uh, Sherry when they're going up in the gondola as well. It's going to be scary. It's going to be dangerous. We're probably going to die. This is going to be so much fun. Have fun doing all these height-related tasks. To be fair, wasn't it mentioned that Cole's actually way more scared of heights than Sherry is? Yeah. I think they both listed in the bios that they're scared of heights, but she's less scared of heights than him. He's deathly afraid of him. Yeah, That's so yeah, cool that Sherry do... did that for him. Yeah. She's a good mother. It's weird that, considering this is a series that brought us Dave and Connor, it's weird that, the two, that this, um, this season my two favourite teams are the parent-child teams. What, Marty and Hagen as well? They're third. And Phil does an on-location report from the top of the mountain as well. Going back to the Sherry and Cole thing, I think um, as it stands right now, I haven't really had much pro- a problem with the cast, at least at, by their time's end. Because like, I haven't disliked any of the teams that have left. Like, I like Marty and Hagen. I like Cameron and Darius. I liked Br- I like uh, Jessica and Brittany because they they went um they went you know just they went to the full. This is just me catching up on all many missed episodes because of various incidents. Cough, walk up a mountain, cough, Mardi Gras, cough, getting a tattoo, etc., etc. But like, I haven't really disliked any of the teams that have left so far. The only like, the only real badness of this of the cast has really been contained to uh, two male teams who are who are swapping placements at, at every single turn. And Cole was annoying for a while, and Aaron and Jules were kind of annoying for a while, but they both turned it down immensely by the time of this leg. The thing with this cast is I like them. I'm not. I'm not really sure if I like them as much as I would a normal Amazing Race cast, or if I'm just scale, scaling them up a bit. But like, I don't know, the cast has been good. It's just there's been two presences that have been winning all the legs and soaking up all the screen time by comparison. 
Uh, and Bernie and Ashley drop their detour clue when they, or when she tries to get it across the highway. Oh, and she doesn't get penalized for having to grab a second one. Freddie and Kendra must be pissed watching at home right now. Well, technically that was sort of a act of God sort of thing, because I didn't see any way to like clip the clue in. They just sort of have to head down, hold on. I think it was on a carabiner. It was on a carabiner, definitely on the rock. Whether they had to yank it off the carabiner, I don't know, but they were definitely attached to the the rock face with a carabiner. And there was no carabiner on them? I'm not sure. You'd think they would have uns- sort of pulled themselves along, unscrewed the carabiner, and then clipped it onto the harness, because that's what I would have done, unless I was told otherwise. Instead, they lost it to the mountain. I pity the poor person who has to then go get that uh, clue back. You mean mountain goat? Probably that Yeti. Yeah, I was going to say maybe they just sent the Yeti. Yetis don't know how to read, duh. All they know how to do is wave flags. They're basically the canine of the uh, the mythical world. Damn it, I was going to make that joke. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and Sherry has a meltdown before having to pull herself across the wire, but obviously she kills the challenge. And then it is a detour, which is dynamite or campsite. And in dynamite, teams must deliver two sticks of dynamite and a baguette to ski patrol workers, exchange them for the next clue, and then they get to see an explosion. And in campsite, teams must properly pitch a two-person tent to get their next clue. Just what the leg to on top of the mountain needed. More linear tasks. More linear tasks even, with no way no way of passing anyone else unless they go for the other task. The dynamite task it might be one of the toughest to fall, even with how linear it was. The editing was just so messed up with it, it was really tough to follow what was going on in it. It's like, yep, they're following along the rope and we have no idea exactly where they are. Well, the thing is, this is the first task in a long while that we don't actually see two of the teams leave. Scott and Blair and Zach and Rachel leave in fourth and fifth between them, but I've gone back and checked. They do not actually say that either of these teams got the detour clue. They don't show it anywhere. They just randomly appear at the robot location. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like when Bernie and Ashley finish, I'm like, oh, they're what are they in fifth or sixth place? And it's like, and then the subtitle at the bottom says they're in seventh, and I'm thinking. I feel like we missed some important footage that we kind of needed to see. I mean, occasionally I kind of miss out a team checking into a challenge or whatever, but then I go back and check and fill in the gaps and make sure that I've got it right. I went back and checked this. Scott and Blair and Zach and Rachel are not shown getting that clue at Dynamite. At all. Mm. So it's just weird. There's something weird with the editing there. There must have been something that happened that meant that they couldn't show it. Maybe they lost the footage or something, but I just... I don't get it. Did they drop the camera down the mountain? Maybe it just got stolen like in Latino America again. I bet you the camera work must have been a real pain for this round, being up that high and just how precarious everything was. I wouldn't be surprised if some sort of incident happened. Up that high, so close together, confined, and, you know, it's very hard to keep each other's cameras out of each other's shots. Yeah, it might very well have just been that there was a camera that creeped into another team's shot or something. <laughs> just some guy that's just in the shot of just staring back at you. <laughs> Unlike Survivor, they are very, very, very reluctant to show any cameramen ever. Unless it's unfinished business. Then it just happens all the time. Were you guys suggesting that, you know, there's um, Slenderman shit up on the top of the mountain? And that's why I had to erase the footage. Logan doesn't know who Slenderman is, does he? No. Man, you are behind on pop culture, Logan. Yeah, Logan. Do I have to go sit in my corner again if that's what's happening? You'll sit there until you learn, Logan. Get a picture of Slenderman up on your flip phone. Shut up. Jesus <laughs> Christ, that's right, you still, have a, you still have a flip phone. My dad has a, has an iPhone 5S, <laughs> and he's 63 years old and blind. 
No excuse, Logan. No excuse. I love occasionally mentioning that Logan still has a flip phone. It's a good way to save money, guys. Maybe Laird McIntosh will send you a Motorola message with a picture of Slenderman on it for you. Uh, or we learn that Bernie and Ashley uh, have two sons, apparently. Red and blue? <laughs> and Dana doesn't have six foot one inch legs. Dana in that challenge is basically me whenever I'm in high places. Actually, I'm more like Sherry. Um, and Blair states the obvious and says, I think people here eat baguettes. And then she in trolls uh, Aaron and Jocelyn. She does. And Wayne Arthurson asked a question about that. He says, what about Blair's comment about not forgetting the lunch? Great move from my point of view. I didn't think it was intentional. I don't think it was intentional, but if there's a team behind you, it's not a bad move. I mean, if it was intentional, she played it off very well to coincide with her persona, but if it wasn't, well, that makes sense too. A baguette is just not enough lunch. There's got to be more to it. Where's the baguette or a candelabra, you know? They should have some sort of drink and some sort of chocolate product. And and, a bar- and eat out of a beret with some hip-hop playing in the background. With Denise on vocals. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm begging for that to happen. Begging for baguettes with Denise Williams. CBS, green like that now. <laughs> so, Bernie and Ashley, what do you think was their rationale behind doing the other t- side of the detour when every other team was doing the other, other side of the detour? I think they probably were getting a bit frustrated at always being at the back half of the top half of the uh, the standings, and they probably just wanted to have a go at moving up. Well, it's half tits. It's, it's, Tyler, it's Tyler and Corey as well. We're just living in it. So, uh, Kurt and Brody leave Dynamite in first, with Tyler and Corey in second, Dana and Matt in third, uh, Scott and Blair and Zach and Rachel in some order in fourth and fifth, uh, Aaron and Jocelyn in sixth, Bernie and Ashley leave Campsite in seventh, and Sherry and Cole leave Dynamite in last. And teams are now driven to the Plan Plus uh, Gundle Station, where they will find their next clue, which is a roadblock, which is who wants to feel the wind beneath their wings. And in this roadblock, one team member must tandem paralyze and look out for a yeti waving a flag, so they can answer the question about what flag he's waving to receive their next clue at the bottom. Another linear task. Unless you place faceplant in the snow and lose two minutes, and on a leg like this where everyone started... Eight minutes apart and had a quite linear detour unless you chose campsite for some weird reason. Uh, that faceplant can make all the difference. And it's Brody, Corey, Matt, Rachel, Blair, Erin, Ashley, and Sherry doing the roadblock. And Brody struggles with it being too deep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He did look, look like a yeti himself though when he faceplanted with the snow beard. It's like he could have he. All he needed to do was pick up a flag and start tricking the other teams. My my favorite bit of this entire episode was just the repeated face plants and because of the cameras being on the selfie sticks it just being ridiculous the views that we got it's a very 2016 to have everyone be like okay you know you get all your safety lessons before paragliding which i'm sure uh happened but was unaired it's like okay you have all this paragliding equipment uh and by the way you gotta hold these selfie sticks for the duration of this roadblock good I luck think it was a guy prior a GoPro? Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it was a GoPro on, on a selfie stick, I think. There was definitely some sort of extendable arm. Best of both worlds. Scory overtakes Brody after he stumbles. Matt used to be a professional snowboarder. Rachel, Ashley, and Erin all face plants. And we also get the wonderful scenes of both Ashley and Erin not even running. They just sort of saunter down and then just go, uh, and fall. So how many people stumble? Just give up. Uh, three, by my recollection. Were they seeing Macy Gray? I mean, they tried to say goodbye and they choked. They tried to say goodbye and I Michael, you've now ruined Macy Gray for me. <laughs> Good. <laughs> that is my aim. 
<laughs> Gotta walk away and I come out. Well, you sound like a, you sound like an eighty-year-old pensioner. <laughs> see, hopefully you'll go back and listen to that song now and see that I'm completely right with my impression of it. Nah, you you just sound like you're about to ask for some corn cream. No, I want my corn cream. I try to get corn cream out of chalk. But no, it's on my road, so I find my body. Um, so, yeah, there's not a lot to honestly say about this task. Another character seen for sharing coal, though. In fact, this whole episode, the only really interesting part in terms of character development was with Sherry getting over her fears and getting the, the Kim McAllister-esque confessional of saying she wanted to contribute to the team and having the whole round essentially uh, uh, focus on her, which is a good thing because... Not a whole lot else was going on. Focus on her? Is she Ariana Grande? Oh my god, I you can't, you can't I... even, you can't even keep up with pop culture. Why am I, why am I wasting my good material on you guys? Well, I don't waste my time on Grandes. I'm sorry, I'm sorry my repertoire of comedy and, re- and pop culture references isn't in, back in 1995. This season is full of social media moguls, yes, so there is a Grande relation. It wasn't even that, it was, for Ariana Grande's last song, latest song is, fo- is called Focus. And the chorus goes, focus on me, 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 focus on me, 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 me. My experience of that song is entirely postmodern jukebox's version of it. Sorry. Was anyone else disappointed with the nature of the dynamite task that we didn't see enough explosions? Yes, there should always be more explosions. And there should have been, like, if you, if there's ever a time where, where cartoon sound effects should have been used, it should have been on a task involving dynamite on a mountain. That would have been very Bugs Bunny-ish. The Amazing Race Canada producers, had they had this task, would have 100% done, like, cartoons over it and silly sound effects. Mm. There's only so many times you can watch an explosion before it gets boring. I mean, I mean this, the, I'm, not, I'm guessing there's not that big a correlation between the Amazing Race audience and the Mythbusters audience. Haven't you seen when buildings collapse with, with the like Mozart music accompanying it, uh, Ben? Ah uh, no, we don't have that in Australia. Um, all our, tele- our television is is ruled by the cooking show and the renovation show. There's like ten thousand renovation shows, and they all about building houses instead of destroying them, or about running a restaurant or whatever. That's all they have here. There's no Big Brother or Amazing Race, just My Kitchen Rules and Renovation Rumble. It's quite dire. And the Big Adventure. Who? Did you know that the um, rumored location for the next two seasons of Survivor is the same place as The Big Adventure. I didn't know this until a couple of days ago. I heard the rumored location was the um, was the original place they filmed Survivor, but then they, that wouldn't work out at all because it's actually like a tourist destination now. So yeah, the, the rumored location is a different part of Fiji, but apparently it's the same islands that The Big Adventure filmed on. They've already got a built shelter there, and if you like dig really deep around the sands there, you probably might still find the rights to all the late 2014 pop music that they that they um, got the rights for and they used constantly. I'm really disappointed no one's confirmed the new tribes yet as well. Are we still talking about Australian Survivor or...? I, I was talking about uh, season 32, but you know, the other rumour coming out this week is that Ben Waterworth, king of Survivor Oz obviously, is taking a break from Survivor Oz and is probably going to end up on Australian Survivor. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> I'm surprised you hadn't heard about this, Ben. Yeah, I remember that was the very first thought that came to my mind when I read that. I'm like, he's going away for two months? I think that can pretty much mean only one thing. And it's roughly around the time of the filming Australian Survivor as well, apparently. You know how good he is at performing publicity stunts, right? Like, pretending he got Colleen, a Colleen interview? Also, this is a classic thing that, um... In RuPaul's Drag Race, there's a big... Because there's so many drag queens in America, 
and there's so many like in a certain amount of spotlights, what some of them do to up their publicity and up the buzz around them is they um around the time they film the next season, which is usually around the start of July, they all mysterious most of them mysteriously take a break from social media for family reasons. And so there's like always a lot more than that there will be actually on the next cast. So it's always like you get like 20 to 30 queens or probably even more than that who all have sort of a high profile. They're all mysteriously taking breaks and there's like, and then they return like a month later, like from their mysterious vacation. It's all to up buzz around them or their website or their brand. And that's generally what I think will be happening. So amazing race. So yeah, Tyler and Corey leave the roadblock in first, with Kurt Brody in second, Dana and Matt in third, Scott and Byer in fourth, second Rachel in fifth, Sherry and Cole in sixth, Bernie and Ashley in seventh, and Erin and Jocelyn in last. And teams must now head to the Dr. Picard statue, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in here may be eliminated. They all basically check in in the same order they leave the, ro- the, they leave the roadblock, apart from Bernie and Ashley cu- moving up a place and Sherry and Cole moving down a place. Without any explanation whatsoever. It was probably a foot race, I'd guess, because they were both on the mat at the same time, weren't they? I really wish they had gone to the Dr. Kirk statue instead of the Dr. Picard statue uh, for the pit stop. What, the statue of uh, banging green alien women? <laughs> yes. The statue uh, of Zap Brannigan from Futurama. I'm going to pop a wildcard entry and say they should have gone to the Captain Janeway statue. Nobody watches Voyager? Nobody? Seriously? I didn't watch Star Trek, nope. so No. <laughs> God, you are the I pretty much just demonstrated any of my Star Trek knowledge with that one uh, quote. You are the wor- You two are the worst kind of nerd, seriously. And I've d- just displayed my level of Star Trek knowledge, given that we watched the Star Trek episode of Futurama a few days ago. Well, she... Would you rather be under the watchful eye of Michelle or the- under the watchful wa- eye of, uh, well, she, Michael? Ooh, I'm not sure. Or the, or the, under the watchful eye of, of Michelle from Gilmore Girls. Because then he, there would just be a lot of judgments being cast upon Phil, I think. So, see, the, the extent of my love of Futurama is just doing the Zoidberg noise. And why did I have to take a cab? So Tyler and Corey check in first, and they win a trip for two from Travelocity to Boracay Island, Philippines, with not one, but two spas. Dean and Matt and uh, Kurt and Brody uh, have to win a cash prize for at least one of their leg wins. But for Tyler and Corey, they kind of get to luck out and they get to win both Travelocity prizes so far, which is kind of amusing uh, uh, given uh, how much more popular they are than the other two winning teams so far this season. You have an interesting interpretation of amusing, Logan. Uh, So yeah, second was Kurt and Brody, third was Dana and Matt, fourth with no favourites from Phil was Scott and Blair, uh, Zach and Rachel were fifth, Bernie and Ashley were sixth, seventh was Sherry and Cole, and last was Erin and Jocelyn, and they were eliminated from the race. That'd be funny if at the pit stop, uh, Phil was like, I love all teams equally, uh, except Cam and Darius. Don't really care for them. <laughs> As he just threw them. It's like, yeah, we're going to cut that part out, Phil. Uh, you, you can't really say that. Mm. So what was with the roadblock, uh, well, the end of the roadblock, pretty much, like, last round we had... The whole simultaneous pit stop arrival, which was a page taken out of uh, Amazing Race 24 fake All-Stars, and we're thinking, why would they take a page out of that season? And then one round later, we get another page taken out out of Amazing Race 24 by having the suspenseful uh, paraglide landing with uh, Ashley and Aaron. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? It's like, oh, just just shut up already and just tell us who it is. We, we're not really that invested in it, guys. I will say that that is a good way to keep intrigue for the racers down on the ground. 
is to make sure you have a robot that was like, oh, who's it going to be? But we knew who it was each time, so it did kind of get a bit annoying. Except for the bottom two. I thought we did. I, I thought we knew that Ashley had taken off. In fact, we did know that Ashley had taken off before Aaron. No, I don't think I don't think we did. We didn't. We didn't like get a flashback from that till later. Yeah, I think Michael, that's I correct. Just, actually, I just watched the episode like five hours ago. Sherry took off, and then everyone was like, "Oh, who, is it? Is it Aaron? Is it Ashley? Is it Sherry?" And then it was Sherry, and then we and then without any cut from that, we saw someone else flying down a mountain, and then it was like, "Um, is it Aaron or Ashley?" And then it was turned out to be Ashley. That's how the sequence played out. And as we've got a bunch of flashbacks to Aaron falling down. I love how Bernie was completely owned by uh, Cole in that moment, though. Where it's like, "Oh, is it Ashley or is it Aaron?" And then Cole's like. Or Sherry. And then Bernie's like, yeah, or Sherry. It's not like that's going to happen. And then one minute later, he gets proven to be a complete fool. Good stuff. Anthony Williams asked, how would Nicky Graham have coped up the mountain? This is just pandering straying at me to do an impression again. Don't fall for it. It's a it's a trap. Um, I've, I think she would have been, uh, I think she would have actually been uh, quite chilly at, at the top of the mountain. And she might have expressed her displeasure at that in some form. So, Amazing Race. Um... Uh, Aaron and Jocelyn, thoughts on them? Didn't get much could airtime. Been, could have been worse. We're pretty bad at the start, but could have been worse at the end. Like, I liked them at the end. They were fun. They were pretty funny at the end, and not in the try-hard sort of way that certain teams are this season. But like, you know, last I like I liked last episode when they were like I think it was last episode or I, I liked in um. The second Columbia leg when they're like, oh, we should just quit our careers in Hollywood and go and go be a bus driver or whatever. Is that so, that sort of off the cuff was like fine. That sort of off the cuff sort of like humor was fine with me. But the screaming, no, not the screaming. I don't think they've forgiven us for during the drool yet. Or forgiven me for during the drool yet. I have no relation to that. That's all Michael. It was all Michael. It ties back into what I was saying at the start where like screaming over nothing is like the new, apparently the new normal of entertainment. Like, that's sort of what the producers think the, the audience wants. I don't see, I haven't seen anyone clamoring, oh, those girls, they're so funny with their screaming, or even, even to, Bro- even to Kurt and Brody, I haven't seen anyone, like, enthused about how amazing they are because of their screaming. It's just sort of like, do you not know your audience? I mean, I understand you're aiming for a new audience, a YouTube audience who are average around 12 years old, but it doesn't mean you have to pander to that. That being said, Errol and Joslin were right by the time they left. Like, they're probably like, out of all the teams that have been eliminated so far, probably fourth if I had to rank them. But I still like. I'm probably scaling them a bit. And all three all-female teams are already out. Take that feminism. Yep, that's pretty much uh, all we have to say about that. <laughs> and it, is that the worst that the all-female teams have ever done, Logan? And <sighs> three. According to my recollection, depends if you can. Well, I would say all-female teams didn't do so well in Amazing Race 26, but. Uh, Masonry's Canada 3 we saw recently where both all-female teams were out immediately after the first leg. Thank you, Newfoundland. Including Susan and Sharnjeev, who got 11th place in both rounds. Um, and we'll finish with a question from Munib Khan, who says, How does yesterday's mountain climbing task compare to the one in the Season 4 premiere? Well, didn't have an old guy uh, hurting his knee or, uh, you know, a team going for the pass forward and still finishing fourth or... Deborah and Steve are crying for the whole leg, so... Uh, yeah, I guess that's the only real comparison to me. I, at least that one was uh, less linear than this one. Who remembers season four? Of all the comparison points you go to the entire in the entire Amazing Race franchise, you go to season four? Really? Well, the first episode specifically, because it was extremely similar to this one with being in the Alps. 
I guess so, but like, still season four. I mean, there's so many better. There's so many better Alps legs, like unfinished business, where they go to like three countries, and then they and then they somehow manage to do a really good leg in a town of fifty people. Fun fact: that leg actually had more countries than the first four legs of Amazing Race twenty four. So, anything else to say about this leg? No, I. I don't think so. Very little to talk about. In case it wasn't evident by the podcast, we've had very little to talk about with this episode. (laughs) I'm looking forward to uh, sweeping away the rest of the Caucasus states, though, in the over the next uh, few weeks. Yeah, we got Armenia next week, haven't we? Armenia and Georgia coming up, and then yeah, Mason Reese can say that they've been to every Caucasus country. I don't know what the word Caucasus means. When I hear Caucasus, I think the thing that's going on in America at the moment. Yeah, it's Caucasus. Okay, it refers then. to the countries in the, the that are just south of Russia that border the Caspian Sea. Okay, then I failed geography in school, so I don't know what those words mean. It's, it's, what's, a, it's, what's, a, what's, a, what's a Russia? I don't know what Russia is. What's a what's a sea? Yeah, Australia doesn't get many seas, does it? What's a saw? No. So, thank you for listening to the UR Team Number Podcast. You can join us next week to recap episode six. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, or on our Twitter account at RTV Warriors. Or our own Twitter pages at MJ Harmstone for me, at Logsivagwaki for Logan, and at Ink1Y for Ben. Thank you again. Peace. Cue the music. We don't have any music. Yes, we do. Do I have to find music from Denise's rap album now? I think so, Michael. Motherf.